the Bobby, the BK Brawla. We're going to talk Mavs. We're going to talk Summer League. Jaden Hardy, Javel, Christian Wood, and what these Vegas win totals, if they're right or wrong. Coming up next on Lockdown Mavs. And this is Lockdown Mavs. Don't believe you shouldn't be here. Ooh, welcome to Lockdown Mavs. This one of your co-hosts, Isaac Harris. And I'm here with the one and only Bobby. If you guys are watching on YouTube, you know the drill by now. Leave a comment below. Literally comment below. Actually, I have something for you to comment. Comment your favorite Bobby in the world. It could be a movie star. It could be an athlete. It could be this Bobby right here. Who's your favorite Bobby of all time? Leave it in the YouTube comments below. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season for more props, odds, lines ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. BK Brawler, how are you doing? We, we literally just spent like two nights together this week, and now there's a third night. Yeah, we had a Mavs State Media Summit earlier this week, so it was, it was a lot of fun to hang out with you. Uh, I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, Top-tier intro. It's always It always pumps me up and gets me ready to talk sports. And also, I really, really strongly hope that I am nobody's favorite Bobby, except for maybe like my parents or something. But otherwise, you should definitely have at least one Bobby like more than me. <laughs> did you – okay, did you take advantage of the, the Mavs sale the other day? The sale at I the hangar. I did not actually. Um, apparently, a lot of people did, but yeah, no. Usually, I do go over and check it out, but this year I didn't. I think the combination of like summer league, and then on Friday I took the day off, so it was kind of like just one of those things where I missed out. But uh, apparently, there were a lot of really great deals, and so hopefully, a lot of Mavs fans were able to get some good stuff for on the cheap. It's because you already have like you already have plenty of Porzingis jerseys, so yeah, I got, I got loads. You're I actually not. have a, a Dennis jersey. I got a Delon Wright City Edition jersey. I got one or two KP things. Uh, I got this shirt. You know, I got all sorts of good, all sorts of good stuff. My my most jealous possession of yours is your Dennis Rodman Mav shirt. Ooh, dude. Okay, was I on eBay the other day looking this shirt up? Yes, I was. Yeah. You can't find it though. And the reason I know you can't find it is because I'm not even supposed to have that shirt. So what? back in the day, whenever we moved from Deep Ellum to the design district, so this is like 2016, 2017, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, we had this huge warehouse space at the old office and we had to clear it all out, obviously, because we had to get everything out of there and move it. But a bunch of that stuff we were just gonna throw away. And so before, like the day before or the day of, where all of our people were gonna go in there and decide, like the pitch it keep it let it go you know i just started looking through some stuff and i found a box and uh in the box is a bunch of crap but then beneath that were like six or seven of those shirts oh and so gosh. i grabbed uh maybe six or seven of them and uh there i've been safely you know harboring them in my possession for many years uh until mark cuban finds out that i have them and i gotta give them back i was gonna say did you just admit to like a felony or is that Honestly, maybe, <laughs> but Mark himself is like the ultimate uh, Dennis Rodman memorabilia owner holder as the only one with the 69 Rodman jersey. So oh. I feel like if anything, Mark should understand what I'm doing. So 
so I went digging through. So I went to the sale on Friday, and you know there was about I want to say three thousand four hundred twenty-two Porzingis jerseys. But I was like, all right, I'm gonna like dig through it. I found a Josh Richardson jersey. Shout okay. out. Uh, Volgaris didn't buy it in time, and then I. <laughs> I came across a Devin Harris jersey. Hey, okay, let's go. My last right. name. Uh, so. Do you think that? Do you think that Bob is more popular than me? Who Who's like the number one Bob in Mavsville? Oh no, no, no. Because it depends on how the team is doing. People didn't know about him until Cato wrote his story. So that's true. That. That's true. He was just in the shadows the whole time. Uh, <laughs> Josh Richardson jersey. That's a nice pull. In that same era where we were just digging through stuff, there was like a bunch of. You know, like the more kind of obscure Mavs, like Tony Delk, or um, you know, guys Tony Delk that working build, for the uh, team John now. Stephenson, for example, huh? Do you know Tony Delk's role with the Mavs? Because I don't, but I saw the B-roll of uh, Mavs like draft room footage, and Is Tony Delk was in the he was in the room. You're a coworker. Oh. Okay, he must be some type of advanced scout then, or or something. Um, okay. Sorry, maybe not advanced scout, maybe a college scout. Wow, I did not know that. I'm teammates with Tony Delk, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Okay, we're going to talk about uh, summer league. We're going to talk about Javel Christian Wood additions. We're going to talk about the Vegas win total odds. But first, let's talk about summer league. So, as we alluded to earlier, Bobby and I spent Tuesday and Thursday of this past week doing a remote stream of Studio 41 of live alternate broadcast of both the summer league games. Now the first game was like 30 point blowout, whatever. Second that was one, a good we, one though. <laughs> we were joined by Austin Garuya a lot of fun. Um, but that was the remote um, studio 41 basically. And for Mavs fans who listen to this podcast or watch the show from, from literally around the world, can you give the like overview of what studio 41 is for Mavs.com? What it was used for this past year, what it looks like for this coming season. Yeah, so during the COVID season, so 2021, whenever like no fans could go to games, um, Mike Marshall and I were really trying to think of ways to like bring fans in somehow. You know, if they couldn't physically be there, then what's a way that we could maybe like take the team to them uh, beyond just watching the games themselves or listening to podcasts or something like, you know, do something different. Um, and at the same time, our marketing team on Mark's direction, I guess, was really starting to look into live streaming, especially on Twitch in particular. Um, and so those two ideas kind of came together. Well, like, what if we just started doing stream? What if we just started streaming live, uh, just doing stuff, just something? And so uh, last summer, we kind of tooled around with this show called Mavs Vault, where it was about collectibles. We did some other like small stuff, but at the start of the 21-22 season, um, I just started talking about the team every day. So it was in the morning from like 10 to noon central time in this little tiny nook in the back of our office that uh, Jason Chinnick, who's one of my coworkers, was able to turn into like a honest to goodness studio, man. I mean, we got like yeah. five cameras in there. We got a desk and everything um, stuff on the walls. Like it, it, it's really well done. And uh, I just sit kind of at a desk in the corner in my little basement and just watch film or, you know, highlights of the previous game, scout the next opponent. Just do whatever. Just hang out for a few hours online with Mavs fans who, you know, maybe they live in Europe and they can't stay up late enough to watch our games that start at 4 a.m. Or maybe they're in college and they don't have class. Or maybe they're at work and they're just watching on their second monitor and uh, just hanging out live. But we don't want it to stop there. We want to do other stuff. So like what you and I did last week, just live streaming 
uh, doing an alternate broadcast of the summer league games. And we have plans to do something like that, maybe for regular season games too. But uh, that's, you know, we'll see if we get there this year. Um, but some of it is just kind of like a recognition that, you know, the game is changing and uh, streaming games is changing and the future yeah. of broadcast is maybe in question. Um, traditional TV broadcast will never go away, of course, but like there might be other opportunities to do things. And so we might as well, you know, learn how streaming works because one day we're going to maybe wake up to an email saying, hey, uh, you guys have the broadcast of Mav Celtics tonight. So part of it is in preparation, but also part of it, too, is just doing something different, doing something new that uh, people maybe haven't seen before. And in the process, you know, we've gained fans that are like Wolves fans or Jazz fans or Grizzlies fans or Pacers fans that their teams aren't doing anything on Twitch we are and so they kind of you know they now consume the nba through mavs lens which is just we're just adding to the the mavs fan army mavs State media. All of this company is, is doing really well right now no it, it's so cool you know through the playoffs i got to hop on with you guys every friday and we just had a lot of fun with it and like you said you stream every single day uh, it has been you know 10 a.m central time and you know cats on there chopper different you know crew members on there and you just it's literally just like a hangout and the, the crew and the community there uh has been really cool to see like you said you know there's one person on there it's a wolves fan that's been you know that that chimes in and my in guy k-cat <laughs> -Cat, yeah uh but it was yeah a lot of fun and i think yeah i'm excited for it so if you're a mavs fan get, can you lay out you know the the twitch channel do you know that you probably don't know the times yet for next season or what the yeah, I don't. I, really I think the plan that. is going to change a little bit to where we might do streaming like in the afternoon or even into the evening, uh, just to maybe try and see if American people would watch a little more, and then maybe mix that in with some morning stuff too. Um, but we're that's on twitch.tv slash Dallas Mavericks. But we also might do some stuff on YouTube as well. Um, we have a ton of subs on our YouTube, and so of course doing stuff for them would make sense as well. So that's just Dallas Mavericks on YouTube. It's the one with the most followers. You'll be able to find that doing stuff live and also produce stuff like the film room, for example, or chopper will put together these edits where it's like phantom cam footage of a game set to classical music underneath. And it's just awesome. Uh, so we're really just trying to experiment and do a bunch of new stuff on YouTube too. So really studio 41 is like the, like the real obscure avant-garde creation wing of the, of the digital team. So it's, it's been pretty fun so far. Yeah. Super big shout out to chopper for making all that stuff behind the scenes and, it's it's cool it's cool so y'all gotta uh subscribe on twitch watch on youtube uh i'm sure i'll be back on there doing some fun stuff with you guys so. and it, yeah it'll be it'll be a lot of fun all right we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the summer league and get bobby's takeaway um from Jaden hardy and the crew bet online Dot net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And it remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcast news this season. It's the fastest and easiest way to check out in all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Bobby, we're back. We did the alternate streams, but now we're post summer league. All summer league is done for the Mavs. If you had to do, I get that it's summer league. I get all of that. But if you had to do one big takeaway 
from summer league, what what would you say? Oh man, um, to not have my, takeaways. My biggest takeaway, the ultimate takeaway, is to not take too much away from summer league. But of course, it's <laughs> it's easy to say that when your team went zero and five. Um, I thought Jaden Hardy. I'm I'm curious to I I guess like maybe I'll find out just through the grapevine or something. But I'm curious to know kind of like what the the coaches wanted to see from him, right? Like because it felt like at times he'd be real aggressive. At times he would sort of facilitate. Um, so I, I wonder if they told him like, hey, you know, this quarter, like, let's go out and get your shot. Because there'd be some times where like whether he had it going or not, he would really look for a shot. Yeah. There'd be other times where he'd really look to get to the basket. There'd be times where he'd really look to get his teammates involved. So I think they were kind of like maybe like asking certain things from him at certain times. Um, but I, I think the the aspect of his game that I was most impressed with was kind of that in-between mid-range, like 15 to 18 feet. Looked like he was just really comfortable, whether he was going left, going right, like going to the basket and then stepping back or like, you know, coming off a ball screen and stopping and popping from 20 feet. That mid-range area he was really, really good in. And I know obviously in this era, mid-range shots are kind of deemed bad, like don't shoot those, but you're only coached to not shoot them if you're bad at them. Uh, Luca, Jalen Brunson, even Dinwiddie at times take a lot of those shots. And so within the Mavs offense, there's going to be room for him to take those. Uh, and so if that can be a pretty reliable weapon, then I think he'll be you know, productive from day one. But, um, you know, you, you see the, the flash of potential, but you also see the areas where I think improvement is going to be needed. You know, ball handling, ball security for sure. Um, going at the basket and finishing through contact. Feel like he wasn't getting the friendliest whistle. Uh, mm. I don't think I can get fined for saying that because it's only summer league. But he didn't get a very generous whistle. I thought, uh, especially in that uh, what was the game that we did, Phoenix, or yeah, yeah or no, it was the the uh, Milwaukee game. Fouls were like forty. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. In the yeah. Bucks' favor, <laughs> um, you know. So he he was trying to take on these bigger defenders, just wasn't able to finish through them. So you know, finishing and ball handling, I think definitely areas for improvement, but. Uh, my biggest takeaway is like, man, he can pull up from 18 feet and be just fine, which is pretty impressive and advanced stuff for a guy his age. I feel like that that Milwaukee game, anytime he got to the nail there, he had a couple of those like, I mean, so smooth. He has the touch. I feel like he's so comfortable in that spot. But I love your point that you made about the coaches and what they asked of him, because I think, you know, I made a joke about it on Twitter that, you know, after game one, he puts up 28. You know, there's people in the YouTube comments saying, is he better than Jalen? hello we got our replacement and then after you know this fifth game it's like dude what is he even good like what's going on and it's like all right first off it's summer league let's chill but you know you saw his efficiency you know, changed a little bit didn't you know at the first game he was pretty efficient good game from him but look what he was what he was doing or what he was asked to do it's like felt like he drove so much he got to the basket he played so disciplined that first game and maybe it's something i mean i'm reaching for stuff right here but maybe it's something that because they did switch up coaches, you know, they had three head coaches in summer league Dallas did. So, you know, with Dudley and George there and, and obviously Greg, it's like, I wonder if, you know, different coaches asked him to do different things. So therefore it's like, I mean, he's already going to be on the team. Like he's already going to be part of the future. So it's, Hey, let's just like, see what he's got. Let's play around here with it. And maybe that affected some of the efficiency. So I th I do think it's a little like, Hey, let's calm down a little bit. It's funny. Cause I was like, calm down after game one. And now I'm doing the like calm down after you know game five too. No, but he really is good. He really <laughs> is good. Do you remember game one? Uh, I think there's something to that the the having different coaches thing, but also, you know, on that team, like Jarek Harding, kind of more of a score first guard. 
Um, Alessandro Paola, you know, can definitely facilitate and initiate, but he's not like breaking guys down and getting into the lane. And so there was never really any sort of like true facilitator on the floor for them. Um, whereas like with Luca, Luca leads the league and drives per game. I mean, he's going to break his man down 20, 25 times a night and then kick it out to Hardy or Dinwiddie will or whoever. So, you know, there's much more just natural playmaking, obviously on the Mavs roster than there would be on their summer league roster. So we were having to watch Hardy break down the entire defense as opposed to capitalizing off of someone else's work. Um, and the big men that he were working with, you know, Marcus Bingham Jr. I feel like is a pretty intriguing guy. Uh, Gorham was good. Moses Wright obviously is good. But, you know, they're not the same kind of caliber of big men that he's going to be dancing with in the pick and roll of the NBA either. And so that's why, you know, there's just there's not too much you can take away. I really want to see what he's going to look like in an actual NBA game with NBA teammates. Uh, as opposed to something that's kind of a little more chaotic like Summer League. Speaking of who you could play with next year, let's just go to JaVale and Christian Wood. So since, you know, the, the moratorium ends, you can't talk or say anything for seven days. You can't even, like, breathe or get coffee. Or what's that new place you went to eat at the other day you were talking telling me about? The oh, bodega? the bodega. The bodega okay. on Highline. Super good. Would definitely recommend I passed it the other day when I was down and I was like, all right, I got to go to it at some point. So it's on my list now, but Christian barbecue Wood and chicken quesadilla. Thank me later. Barbecue chicken on the case. I, I know you say you got a quesadilla. I didn't know oh, barbecue, no, chicken. barbecue chicken. Okay. Man. Let's go. It's, it's um, so good. Now that JaVale is officially back a Maverick, Christian Wood officially a Maverick. What was your just thoughts when those deals happened Thoughts on them going in, you know, into next season. Two big lineup. Now our buddy Cato is like, oh, I don't know about Christian Wood starting, him reporting that. Just what do you think about the kind of remade front line? Yeah, I mean, Christian Wood is kind of, you know, different physically, and and there are some other differences, but he's kind of a KP, uh, not a clone exactly, but he's reminiscent of KP's skill set. You know, pick and pock big man, uh, can go to the basket and dunk, has some touch in the post and in the mid-range. Um, feels like Wood is probably a little better ball handler than KP, but can still kind of break his man down off the dribble a little bit. You know, very dynamic big. And so I think, you know, whenever they made that move, I was thinking just like many other fans, okay, you slide him into the starting lineup. There's your Dwight replacement um, or Dwight upgrade or however you want to view it. But, you know, with that comes kind of defensive shortcomings, of course. You know, he's not like – he can block shots, but he's not going to just totally lock down Jokic or Embiid. Right. And so that's why the McGee addition makes sense. But the fact that J Kid was so outwardly like, yeah, he's our starting center, um, that signals to me that they are, they're not going all in on this sort of like versatile, switchable big, which frankly, for the last several years, I've kind of been under the impression that they were leaning mm -hmm. further into guys like Kleba, uh, Dwight Powell is even playing on the perimeter. He's not necessarily going to switch and defend guards, but he's defending further out, right? Willie Cauley-Stein, even going back to like Nerlens, um, these are guys that defend on the perimeter. And you look at teams that were successful this season, Golden State, you know, Kevon Looney was guarding Luka all the time, you know, and switching onto guards and wings in the finals even. Boston, Robert Williams and Al Horford. Uh, Miami, Bam Adebayo. You know, these are the kind of bigs that are succeeding this super high level. And so I thought that the Mavs are going to pursue more players like that. Uh, however, you know, having JaVale is kind of more of like the old school, like Rudy Gobert, maybe Brooke Lopez, like these bigs that you really want to funnel all the traffic into. 
And that suggests playing something a little more conservative, like drop coverage or something like that. Whereas the Mavs this year were playing just a little further out, a little more aggressive than drop, which I thought suited their personnel well. Um, I don't want to out your opinion about Gobert on the Mavs in case you never talk. I'm sure you did talk about it, but I don't want to say what you told me. Uh, but you and I talked about Gobert on the Mavs, you know, like during and I think maybe even before the playoffs. Um, and I said, yeah, they'd be awesome with him. They'd be like a top five defense. Yeah. I wasn't too bullish on the idea, though, because, you know, I kind of prefer these more like versatile mobile bigs. Um, McGee, I think, is a little more palatable than Gobert, obviously, because they didn't have to give up five first round picks for him. And he's making like five million as opposed to 40 million. Um, And JaVale will accept probably 20 minutes or 15 minutes per game as opposed to Gobert wanting like 35. So it is different, um, but it is just kind of a. It's a different way to defend, I think, than than how they have the last few years. I mean, it's been a while since they've had like a real sort of traditional prototypical rim protecting big. And so I'm curious to see how they defend with McGee on the floor. Um, I do like his game on offense. I really like what he can do. I mean, he's kind of Dwight-ish. And on defense, you know, he blocks shots, gets rebounds. And those Jokic and Embiid matchups aren't just like, auto adjustments where you have to double team or play a zone or do some other stuff to junk it up. Like you can just put JaVale on them one V one and he can reasonably hold his own in, you know, ways in the best ways that opponents can, you know, no one can stop Embiid, but Embiid or McGee can at least kind of hold his own a little bit. So, um, you know, there's pros and cons. Um, but ultimately, I mean, if it doesn't work out, they're going to adjust whether bring McGee off the bench or start wood as well or whatever. Uh, you know, last year we went into the starting lineup with like Luca, Tim, KP entrenched in the starting five, and like by week two it was like, all right, let's get Jalen in the starting lineup. And hey, did you just you know. did you just list the leadership council or the starting? <laughs> yeah, lineup? yeah, I did, I did. Remember that? That was a thing that totally existed. And <laughs> who's on was it? Working on it, and then a couple months later, it was all gone. So who's who's on know, it? Nothing now? is permanent. <laughs> who's on this thing now? Is it just? Uh, well, Tim is still on the maps. Luca, so like, Luca and Tim, and I guess maybe you. I, I don't know. You're you're pretty plugged in. I no, I, I love the Javel. I love the Javel signing. You might have to put some earphones on for this one and shut your ears off because you you love Dwight so much. It it was an upgrade over Dwight. Of hey, like, can we get a bigger body who rolls to the rim? You know, Dwight is, is an elite rim roller, but. Javel gives them 80% of that, you know, as far as rim rolling, but then he's a bigger body for a better rebounder, better, you know, you know, paint defender, interior defender. Uh, so, and for that cost for $5 million, uh, you know, some mass fans freaked out a little bit. It's like, Good Oh, Javel's getting all of our, you know, tax mid and like all this stuff. And it's like, well, once you take out Hardy's, you know, one, one and a half, whatever, and it's like equals out to like five, five and a half million a year ends up being like 17 over three years. I'm like, sign me up like for, for what well, and the if role you can get a about. veteran at that price to give you like starting quality minutes, even though, even if he's only playing 20 instead of 36, but like he's a very, he's a good productive NBA player at that yeah. price. Really good deal. So I, I mean, I, I don't know what I couldn't yeah. get mad at that even if I wanted to. No. Um, all right. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back. Let's talk about some uh, win totals in Vegas. All right, Bobby. So uh, got on the uh, the Twitter the Twitter sphere uh, yesterday, and I uh, saw some uh, win totals being thrown around. And now, Bet Online, which is a sponsor for us, doesn't have their win totals out yet, so we can't use Bet Online. When they come out, we'll talk about them. 
Uh, but this one's from Points Bet USA. NBA Bet tweeted it out, uh, official account for that. And uh, I was really curious on where Mavs fans are feeling about the projected win total for the Mavs. So let's just look at the West for a second. Uh, they have the Clippers at number one in the West at 53 and a half. They have Phoenix underneath that at 52 and a half. Then they have Memphis at 51 and a half. And then Golden State and Denver at 50 and a half. So you have the Clippers, Suns, Grizzlies. Golden State fourth, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tied, tied with Denver in this. So Clippers, Suns, Grizzlies, Warriors, Nuggets. And then in the sixth spot in the West, they have Minnesota at 48 and a half. Now we know how the NBA works with this now. Now that's permanent, the play-in tournament. That one through six is the, I guess, playoffs. Um, and seven through ten is the, you know, the, the play in there. So 40 and a half for Minnesota puts them at the sixth spot. Dallas at the seventh spot as a play-in team at 47 and a half. Then after that, it's kind of it kind of drops about four, four wins down to New Orleans at 43 and a half, and then Portland at 41 and a half. So it's like a top six, kind of top seven. It's only a game off from Minnesota for Dallas, and then a drop to New Orleans and Portland. Initial thought about that. Too low, too high, about good. Are you confident? And you're like, all right, pff, this is gonna like I'm wait. So I tweeted it out, and the overwhelming thing response back to it was way over. We're gonna hit way over on that. What was your thoughts when you saw it? Because they just aren't big Donovan Mitchell believers or what? I mean, Utah's is nowhere to be found. Um, well, to, okay, think, to uh, be fair, let me preface this real quick. They don't have the Lakers on here yet because – Oh, it's wow. Like, okay, yeah. It's like Lakers, Nets, Knicks, and Jazz. They have not given win totals yet for. Okay. So okay, Jazz, they're going to suck. But for the Lakers – sorry. Sorry, David Locke. <laughs> <laughs> David Locke entering a rebuild. Pray for this You're biting the hand that feeds you all throughout the first round. I, I respect it. Um, um, but but no, okay, so Lakers in that too. We don't know where they'll land. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, no betting, no tipping, no fixing, of course, NBA, big NBA. I'm just talking here. I think those are always usually that. a little lower. Like, when was the last time that the number one seed in the West had 53 wins? Like, there's always a team that pops off for, like, 60. You know, it's just it always happens because you get hot or whatever. Um, you know, this past season, the Mavs finished with what 52 wins, yeah, and they had like a month where Luca was out and the whole roster had COVID. And so, had that not happened, you know, they the Mavs might have pushed for 60. Like, we're just, I'm just being honest, you know. Uh, now do I think that they're gonna have that good of a season next year? I don't know. I mean, losing Jalen Hurts, um, a bunch of teams in the West, or at least a, a couple teams in the West getting significantly better, the Clippers and the Nuggets, I would think. Um, we'll see about the Wolves, man. I, I don't know. I mean, I think Gobert is really good. I'm a big Gobert guy. Um, him and Towns together, I don't know. You know, Beverly and Vanderbilt were so important to what they were doing last year. So I, we'll see. You know, D'Angelo Russell's future is kind of shaky. So I don't know about that. But you know, I think the Mavs are definitely at least um, a legit contender for a, a top six seed. I, yeah. I don't know how many wins, just because you know the East is presumably going to be a little stronger with young teams getting better and Milwaukee getting a little healthier with Middleton coming back and everything. Um, and, you know, Denver's going to be healthy and Clippers are going to be healthy and the Lakers might do something. Maybe we'll see. I don't know. So, you know, a lot of the teams like the Mavs swept the Celtics last year. Um, the Mavs 
won three games against the Warriors last year. The Mavs won three games against the Nuggets last year. Like, can they do that again? I have no idea. Um, but uh, I do know that the, the Mavs will beat the Knicks at least one time next year. I'm calling that now. Uh, the Mavs will beat the Wizards at least once. Mm. And, uh, you know, the, the Mavs will, mm. you know, they might sweep the Spurs again, but I'm not going to guarantee that. But, you know, there are wins to be had, um, but it's going to be tough to win 52 again. So I don't know. I feel like 47 and a half is probably about right at this point. Offseason isn't finished yet, but projecting them, whatever that was, seventh or eighth, probably seems a little too low, especially at that win total. But I'm no expert and I'm not giving gambling advice. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, we did a pod right after eight and, um, you know, went back to Phoenix, you know, Phoenix matched you know, his offer sheet for Indiana. And, you know, as a Mavs fan, I'm like, hey, can you just go to Indiana? Like, that, that'd be cool. Because uh, I thought, you know, that would be a, a, a blow to Phoenix if they just lost him for nothing, obviously. Uh, but with him coming back to Phoenix, like, all right, Clippers getting Kawhi. Den- I'm really high on what Denver did this offseason. And Bruce Brown and some of these guys. Who's the other guy that I really? Oh, uh, KCP. Yep. Um, obviously, getting their guys back and Murray and Porter. So losing like, Morris is big, though. That is that is a, a big thing. Yeah, yeah. But I I like Bones a lot. So maybe they're picturing Bones to step in there. So it's like all right, Golden State. So I, I see why those five teams. You know, Memphis too. I guess they're riding the wave of you know last year. It's the Minnesota Dallas lakers you know where the lake i don't know where the lakers fall into this because i don't they're probably gonna pull off some dumb trade and you know and be good or turn westbrook into like three quality good players and now they have depth and all this stuff but uh but lonnie walker you know he's he's awesome guys um you were really high on him don't pretend like you were Lonnie walker stand. i was that was you can't bat 100 when it comes to draft stuff and it's like i love donovan mitchell i loved og and then it was like the next year, I'm like, D- Lonnie Walker's my guy. And he hasn't been great. I will say, Tari Easton, I'm feeling good about after Summer League. Uh, that was a good one. You know, you just choose the things about Summer League that you're like, ooh, Usman Jang. All right, that's my guy too. But I'm just going to ignore that. I'm going to enjoy the one that I <laughs> that I feel good in, Tari Easton. But- Can I just say, though, okay, in OG was 2017, right? Um, that was peak mark on the stairmaster era yeah and yeah. there was one day where i asked mark about og kind of just like not it wasn't like an on the record thing we're just i think indiana was on and i was like og oh, he's pretty good like i i like og a lot i think that should be the guy because by then the mavs were already like six in a million so like it was clear they were going to be in the top 10 yeah. um and i was like og pretty solid and then everybody around me all the writers around me looked at me like i was a huge idiot and i was like <laughs> Just trust yeah. me on this one, guy. Like he's yeah. gonna be really, really good. So I, I feel vindicated on OG too. Oh yeah, that was back in my my blogging days, and I did. I literally did a player profile just on OG, and I talked to Yogi about him because Yogi played with him some oh, Indiana, God. and I, it's one of those you know you always have these quotes that you never forget. And I remember Yogi looking at me and he's like, "Dude, OG has tree trunks for legs." And I was just I put it in the story, and I I'll always remember it. But I just. Yeah, really. He got hurt in college and stuff, so it, people didn't know really what to do with him. And I, I'm excited to see him flourishing. But the the 43 and a half number for New Orleans is fascinating to me too. Cause I really like their team, and I'm like, dang, it feels like they they should be higher than 43 and a half. But I don't know. I guess they're still super young too. And like, can Zion stay healthy? 
you know. Yeah. So how many how many do they have last year even without him? They got close to 40, right? Oh, that's a good question. I should have this pulled up. Yeah, so I mean, Let's it's not see. unreasonable to think that they could finish higher, even if he doesn't play at all. Like he doesn't play a single down all year, you know. Well, they had 36 wins. They had 30. Here's my thing. This How is why the, the play-in should not I... even happen. <laughs> um, anyway, they, they were a lot of they were fun in the playoffs. I get it, but um when you're 10 wins uh, under 500 and you make the playoffs, then uh, I have an issue with it. Sorry. Yeah, you can say I don't like fun, but no, um, plan. I'm I'm with you. I hate the plan, <laughs> but I I love the in season tournament. So I guess you know, call me a, a contrarian. Yeah, but shout out to the Drew League. It was really cool. LeBron had a really efficient 18 for 36 game. Uh, you played in the Drew League? League? I didn't hear about that. All right, stop. Have you just been under a rock? No, I'm just You're... joking. Oh, okay. I was like, really? (laughs) You've really been playing a lot of Pokemon. (laughs) Okay. I have been doing that too, but I still have been keeping up with the NBA. Yeah. And NBA um, adjacent stuff. Built different, 42 points in the Drew League. I don't have a clue. You know, they must have played against a really stacked team because they only won by two. Um, But then I looked at the roster. (laughs) They really Um, only won by two? Yeah, they won by two. And uh, he was 18 or 36. But shout out, DeMar DeRozan. Good game. So, 47 and a half for for dallas i'm gonna take the over i know i can speak on this more probably than you can but i'm expecting another move in before the start of the season and i think if i could hop on this i probably would just because if they make another move and they bring in another ball handler or another score off the bench or another wing or something or both of them i think it could push their win total up into that kind of next group so i'm excited i think there's there's a few different very obvious moves that they can make so I, I would be, you know, not to not to be a snake oil salesman or anything, but I would be very, very surprised if this is the roster they took in, into training camp. You heard it here first. Aggregate Bobby right now uh, for all your blogs uh, and podcasts. Yeah, I'm super plugged in, guys. It's me, <laughs> the news, the news guy. That's me. Okay, follow Bobby on Twitter. Follow uh, Studio Forty One on Twitter. Is it? I need to look up the handle. Is it Mav Studio 41 on Twitter or Studio 41? Yes, sir. Mav Studio okay. 41. At Mav Studio 41 on Twitter. Uh, follow him on Twitch at DallasMavericks.TwitchTV. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Something like that. Um, yep. I'm not well versed in the Twitch world. So there you go. You're a streamer, man. Come on. You should know this. <laughs> I should know this. Uh, all right, Bobby. Any closing thoughts? You got anything else? Or are we good? Uh, no, I don't think so. Get another playmaker. Just please get another playmaker, and I'll I'll be I'll be pretty happy, and you know I'll miss watching JB play for the Mavs, but it is what it is, and we keep moving forward. Yeah, and Bobby didn't want Dragic, so have a great day. Just kidding, guys. Just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. Don't want the the comments to pop off. I still think that that trade with Miami, uh, Olenek and Derek Jones, I still stand by that being a good trade, but it, you know, I, Oh my gosh, I forgot all about that. Not the time or place to bring that back up. So, you know, (laughs) we'll get that to that some other time. Um, all right guys, it's been good. Um, and we'll be back tomorrow for another lockdown maps. Peace out.